So everyone's been coming here for a while, most of you, yeah? It's old news now, yes? <laughs> it's, very, it's very old. <laughs> Thank God it's not a. What's driving me to share this isn't based on results. <laughs> <laughs> How many people I've won over? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's in a sense, it just needs to be said from where I'm sitting. You know, it doesn't matter what happens after it's said, I've completed my mission in a way. Because, uh, let's say if you lived under tyranny for many, many years, to say. And you really didn't know that you were being exploited or oppressed. But then when, if you were relieved from that, you know, let's say radically relieved from it, I would think that there may be a motivation or a drive to go back into the situation where the exploitation and the oppression was occurring and maybe share it with some people to see if they'd like to sort of entertain this possibility. Yeah? Because if it's so what they're talking about or the flavor when they're talking that they'd really like relief, then maybe they do. Yeah? A lot of times people want relief but on our terms. We don't want relief on its terms. Yeah? We want to we add relief onto our situation. Like just make it a little more advantageous or a little more easier to live in but not actually change the basis of the situation. Yeah? That's how relief doesn't work. Yeah? Because what happens if you get a little relief and then it goes away, it makes the situation even worse, yes? You know, it's like my cat. I had a little cat that I loved and uh, I, only, I only fed it dry food. Yeah? Now, if I would have given it a choice, wet food, then it may have looked sort of unkindly on the dry food offering. Yeah? But because it didn't know any better, it just ate the dry food as like it's wet food, you know, for its whole life. It was really pretty incredible. So there's a thing that's like sometimes it's better not to hear hear uh, an invitation if you're locked into like being a cat, so to speak, yes? A cat-like uh, experience is just totally defined by instincts. Yeah? It's, just, it's, it's got a format and no cat's going to transcend itself and become a dog. You know what I mean? No cat's going to go to the other side of cathood. You know? No cat's going to become a, you know, a non-cat. You know what I mean? But here, we have a possibility that we're not totally defined by all that instincts. We have this thing called self-reflection or self-awareness and in that, hopefully, it can be a real burden if it stays on self-awareness, yeah? <laughs> but if, it's, it's, if it switches to awareness, it's incredibly freeing. If it stays just on self-awareness, it will drive you crazy because it will motivate the thoughts about you and the feelings about you and the stories about you all freaking day. Yeah? At that point, then you're looking at a dog or a cat and you're envious. You say, I wish I was like a cat whose whole agenda that day is just to find the sun and lay there. Yeah? It just moves and goes to where the sun is in the room. Yeah? But we have 
we don't need to have to, it doesn't have to stop that self-awareness, yeah? Or the awareness of the self. Because the awareness of the self produces an unawareness, yeah? We become hyper-aware of the self, and really, you can't be aware of the self, but the hyper-awareness of the self is based on the faculties that reinforce the self. So you get hyper-aware of what, how you feel, you get hyper-aware of the thoughts, yeah? You get hyper-aware of all that, and in that, it lends itself to se- like an awareness of the self, yeah? Because you can't be aware of the self. You can be aware of the body, but that's, you know, that's actually not what the self is to us. We're like a hybrid. We're like a, a mutant soul-mind-body amalgam that's, you know what I mean, somehow makes sense to us, yeah? So when I'm aware of that self, for me to be aware of the self, I have to be hyper-aware of it, the faculties that produce it, yeah? So you've got to be aware of the thoughts, and, and they have to be, and, the, and not, and I, I, I'm aware of the thoughts, but I'm not aware of the direction of the thoughts, yeah? I don't know what the thoughts are doing, all I have a feeling is they're about me, and they're about life, and they're basically all I have to go on, yeah? And the feelings, it's just based on their mind, you know, just my feelings, yeah? And then, after they've been claimed as mine, then they're brought into bad and good feelings, and this is a high feeling, this is a low feeling, this is a feeling I don't want, this is a feeling I want. And so the awareness of the self is brought into being aware of all these things, and all your opinions about these things, and the good and bad, and the yes and no, and this is connected, and this is disconnected. And all of that gets incredibly important, but not in and of itself, but to reflect the idea of being the one, you know, the being the one who's the thinker, the being the one who's perceiving, the being the one who's feeling. Because after a while, what the feelings are being called are pretty boring, in a way, yeah? When I first got into recovery, they, they introduced you to this daily inventory, and one of, the, one of the parts of it is looking at your fears, which is a feeling, yeah? So my first couple years of sobriety, I wrote down an inventory every night, talking about the fears I had that day, yeah? So it was a basic feeling that I had every day. So, and then like 15 years later, I found that journal and I read it. And basically it was, I'm afraid of, and then fill in the blank, yeah? So that one feeling of fear, yeah, was so synonymous to me, yeah? So it was like, every time there was a feeling of fear, which was construed, I got a big reflection of me, yeah? The Paul, the Paul who doesn't want to be in fear, the Paul that was once not in fear, and the Paul that's really afraid of being in these situations that are going to make it fearful later. Yeah. So the whole system, it wasn't a fear, it was, the ref- it was like going to a mirror to see my reflection every day. So the fear had, had a role to play. It was what was bolstering or reinforcing the idea of being Paul that Paul is basically entwined in fear. He's afraid of not getting what he wants, and he's afraid of losing what he has. Yeah? So every day the mind was entertaining fear, it just wasn't entertaining fear, it was like a full-length mirror that I got to see me. Yeah? This mental holograph of Paul. And then the hopes that Paul wanted to break out of this picture, which is just an extension of the picture. Yeah? So you see the whole system is reinforcing the center of the system, which is self-centeredness. Yeah? So, here's a feeling. It's cool. There's a feeling that comes and goes. But the feeling is held as your feeling. And now it's used to do what? Reflect the feeler. Yeah? 
all the thoughts. I mean, aren't you bored? I mean, really. As soon as you wake up in the morning, it's like a cascade. It's like a self-generating mental waterfall that you always seem to be sitting near or under or something. And it's just like... But as soon as the one thought pops up, the whole framing shows up. Time, this, I'm the thinker, this, da 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 And it's just like you're in a mental house before you even get vertical. You're already a resident in the place you want to get out of the rest of the day. (laughs) And the whole point is, once you're a resident, that that sort of almost ensures that you're in, and that drives you to want to get out. The whole answer is to look, are you the resident of this mental house? Are you actually the thinker? Are you actually the feeler? Has any feeling ever occurred without you being conscious of it? Yeah, tons of them. You know, how many thoughts have went through the net of your of your little catcher? Yeah, how many thoughts every day go through there? When you go sort of you go into a fugue, thoughts are still running by, but there's no one collecting the thoughts to do what to reinforce the thinker. So in the five minutes you lose yourself. Yeah, because you have to keep finding yourself. The mind has to keep finding the self to sort of take itself to be that. When you lose the self, if you lose the self once, it infers that there is never a self to begin with. Yeah. If I like, if I do a talk, let's say, for all the years I've been coming to these things since 1991 to AA, I used to do Monday night every every Monday for like 16 or 19 years if I was in the country. And every time I went to the meeting, I was in certain emotional conditions, physical conditions, circumstantial conditions, maybe that day. I walk into that meeting, I sit down, I could be totally sick to death. In that hour of the transmission, I didn't feel, the, I didn't, wasn't sick, I didn't know I had no money, I didn't know the girl left me, I didn't know this or that. None of that had any influence in that hour. Something overrode it, yeah? Now, after this happening quite a lot of times, I came to a conclusion, if that can not be here so obviously, maybe it's not here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe the most it can do is appear to be here, and it needs me to, to appear to be here too. Because when I get... Like, this has always drawn me, this information, so it's interesting enough that I go for it, yeah? And in that, all the other distribution of interest gets taken, sucked back into this, and then I'm not interested in the body condition. I'm not interested in my relationship condition. I'm not interested in my financial condition. To such a degree, they're not happening for that hour, yeah? Then are they truly happening? If they could not be happening for that hour, are they happening? Or their happening is incredibly intrinsically connected to me being there. Yeah? And not just me being there, how I'm being there. If I'm being there conscious, it's different. If I'm being there as an interpretation, it's totally different. Yeah? So if something overtakes you and then all your troubles seem to drift away are the troubles real or are you the reality yeah and you as the reality stop lending itself to those things through the interest and attention and then those things lost all influence over you for an hour two hours five minutes 
weeks, yeah? All of those, they're just different degrees, but the basic fact is, all these, all this stuff that's going on can only reach the level of appearance. And what it's appearing to is giving it the meaning, yeah? So the thoughts, the meaning that is given to the thoughts, the thoughts aren't bringing the meaning. The thoughts are given a meaning by who's the believer or who's the thinker of them, yeah? And I don't mean, and I mean a meaning of weight, yeah? It doesn't matter if it's very, very incredible information or not, but the weight of the thought, yeah? The weight of a thought is a true level of meaning. So, we always do this little example. Look at a thought, yeah? Thoughts arise. And then look at my thought, yeah? Thoughts arise, they have a weight. My thought has a weight. Which one's heavier, consistently? The mind thought, yeah? Where is it getting weight? Is it a special thought? It's just a thought. It's probably being had by a lot of people right now all around these places, yeah? What's, where is it getting its weight? From the thought or from who believes the thought? Who's thinking it's the think? who feels it's the thinker of the thought, yeah? So if you see that you're at the nexus of distribution of meaning, that's a damn good bit of information in this world where there's all about blame and victimhood all fucking day. You can maybe see, like in recovery, it says, hey, taking it back to being responsible. You can't go more past responsible than being responsible for everything, in a way. (laughs) I don't mean in a mental kind of responsibility. Oh, I did it, and I should have done it. I mean, you are the main player in whatever's happening. How could you not be? Let's say you you have no money. You had no money yesterday. You're not having any money today. Yeah. Yesterday, you had no money, and it was preoccupying you all day. Yeah. You were flipping out the thoughts about what's gonna, what it means not to have any money. Maybe not that day, but next week and the years after, and my kids won't be able to go to college, and I will, I won't be able to get by that burial plot, and all this and all that. Yes. <laughs> then the next day, something happens. People tend to use like love as a drug. They meet a new guy or woman, and then they forget their cares because the interest and attention when the hopes of being saved has been renewed. And they're like, oh, oh, oh. But then what happens is, if John or Mary doesn't show up, you're bummed out by the lack of them. Yeah? So the hierarchy just changed. Before it was a financial situation. Here comes the Savior. Oh, Mary. Oh, I never think about how fucked I am when I'm with Mary, you know? And then suddenly, but now Mary drops down and now becomes a dilemma of herself. Yeah? She's, a, she's the source of all my happiness. Yeah? And it's hard to borrow Mary. At least you can borrow money, but it's very difficult to borrow Mary. I need some Mary. Can you let me? No, no, I don't have any Mary. Mary lives down the street. Then you have to beg Mary, please, Mary, can I see you? And of course, Mary doesn't like that feeling of slobbering around, you know? I liked you when you were independent. Now you're, uh, get out of here. So now you're starved of Mary. Yeah? But let's see what happens. The next day, let's say you like to skydive. You dive out of that, uh, that thing. You have no thoughts about Mary or your financial situation, do you? And at that point, they, in a sense, have no effect, do they? As you're diving the thing, 
Mary's having absolutely no effect on your life, nor are the thoughts about having no money is having no effect for those five minutes. So what happens is you land back on the, on the thing, your interest and attention is left that point, that event, because it was so extreme, and then what does it do? It spreads out and starts looking to what it wants to be att- interested and attentive in. Yeah? And then you're bummed out again, so you sign up for the next skydiving thing. And now, yes, and I'm going to do it every fucking week. <laughs> I need this relief. Or like with drug addiction, it's the same thing. Or meditating or praying. You know, you're introduced to meditation. The whole idea is, oh, it's something to do. You'll feel a lot better. Now, you're judging your whole day, a whole day based on did you meditate in the morning or didn't you? Oh, I got to leave work to get home to get fucked up. Okay, I did my meditation. Ah, yes. I mean, what's playing God there? Is the meditation having any effect, or are you giving it the meaning it has, which is now another form of slavery, isn't it? You can't have a good day unless you meditate. You had many good days without meditating when you were a kid. Why do you have this new requirement? Yeah. You see it? Just get a flavor of it. And then, if you get the flavor of it, you get the whole principle. All it does is produce variation of the same theme. The same theme, in a sense, is the mind being bonded, seemingly, only appearing to be true or false to the mind itself. Being, it's an act of being bonded to this idea of being a self. And then all the blue that's applied is basically the carrier of your interest and attention, because the whole, the whole thing rests on the idea that it's you. That's the only thing that's making you so keen about it. Yeah. If these weren't seen as your thoughts, you'd be bored stiff of them. You would see it's a, like a small loop. Yeah? The same possibilities. Offering, offering. This is the way out. This is the way out. And none of them fucking work. Yeah? But you keep going back there. Why? Because you have, it's, you're wedded to it because the idea it's you or you're doing it is what keeps you attached. That's why we only go to that point. I don't go to the point to the thoughts, I go to the thinker. Because that's where the real relief is. It's not in the thoughts. It's not in just having good feelings. It's by seeing maybe you're not the feeler, so that way that way you can handle the stream of this place, which is quote unquote advert let's say that like pleasant feelings and unpleasant feelings, yeah? And so you don't get stuck in trying to separate like a river. It's very difficult. Where are you going to put the Where are you going to put the wall? All right, I want only good river and you know and bad river. Yeah, <laughs> they tend not to go along that way. Instead, there could be a freedom, not in it, but from it. Yeah? At least a little bit, and maybe it will keep growing. Because for me, freedom begets more freedom. If you entertain the possibility, it works. It just seems practical to maybe entertain it more. Yeah. And the entertaining isn't like you're at home and study. It's you've studied enough. You you receive an invitation and let your head let let the head the conditional head's gonna mull over it and try to claim it, but some raw mind may come up and that will also entertain it, but in a whole different way than how the mental conditioning does. Yeah. And then you'll find out if it's working. And if it's working, why not allow it to keep working? Yeah, and then the immunity will build, where you won't be taken over the edge all the freaking time. Every day won't be an earth-shattering event. You know, 
You won't be fooled like this person or this thing is the source of all my happiness. These basic mistakes of understanding will be run over without any effort. Yeah? And you'll travel lighter and a lot of the joy will be what's absent in your life. You won't even be able to note it on a gratitude list because you're so far removed from it you've got to go to meetings where some people are there that aren't removed from it. So they can remind you how bad it can possibly be. Yeah? Without you having to go live it. You can listen to people and go, geez, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't want that. And then it's not them. You follow it back and you see where that is issuing from. Where is that dilemma that has so much meaning? Where is it being given the meaning from? From self-centeredness. Yeah. And then like recovery says, why are you in so much anxiety today? Why are you in so much fear? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? Leave the doctor's office. You got the diagnosis. You don't need to read medical journals and go over and over and get into all the systems and all the manifestations of the disease. You now know where it, where it, where it grows, the Petri dish, which is your own mind. If your mind is relying on this idea of being yourself, voila! Anxiety and concern and inappropriate attention to things and all this and that are going to be prevalent in what you call your life. If it shifts, things will change. Because everything rests on you. You don't rest on everything else. Everything else rests on you. If you don't, you like the science approach, go to the, one of the basic statements of physics. Yeah? that the biggest influence of any experiment is the observer of the experiment. What are you in this experiment called life but the observer of it, yeah? You're the participant in it and you're also the observer of it. And as the participant, where the punches are being thrown and we're getting hit and everything like that, but we also have another role that we're the observer of it. And from the observation point is where all the meaning's being given. Yeah? The meaning's just playing out in the consequential level, but from this other aspect of mind, that's where the meaning's coming from. And if you're observing everything from self-centeredness, you're going to see life's happening to you. That's the way you're going to enter. That's the way the mental process is going to interpret your whole life, based on it's happening to you. And if that is the fundamental flaw, you'll never be able to get over it as self. Yeah? Because you even take, you even believe the solution, the relief from that is all about you. Yeah? You believe getting out of self is all about you. The system will reinvigorate itself. It, whatever comes up, it will lay itself on it, like that. Probably before you even become conscious of what's happening. Yeah? It will lay itself on it, and now you're in the little house of, of mirrors. Yeah? And now, maybe you run into people who think they know how to get out. Maybe there's all these exit doors. But all the outs are in still. Yeah. Because the fundamental format is still in place. Everything is self-centered. Even freedom from self is rooted back into self. So in recovery, we have surrender. Ramana Maharshi has surrender. Where you surrender the idea of being yourself... And, hope, and then hopefully get weaned off of the mental uh, condition and then rest in the being that will be revealed. If you follow everything back, you'll go back to being. And then instead of being rooted in a point of view, it's called self-centeredness, you'll be rooted in a pointless state of being. And then see what happens. Yeah? 
You'll have a manageable, workable point of view. You're not going to escape from a point of view, but it won't be so rigidly based on you anymore. It may open up a little bit. This is like the, this is the frontier. And it's, it doesn't matter. You don't have to, it doesn't have to look like a rugged outdoor place. The frontier is in your kitchen, it's in your home, it's wherever you are, it's in goodwill, wherever you are every day. That's the frontier of mind. And you're it. Yeah. There was a great master who said, you know, you have the ability to outshine circumstances and situations. Not as the product of circumstances and situations, because you don't think the feeling system and the, and the mental system is a circumstance and a situation. It's a happening. Yeah? But you'll be able to outshine circumstances and situations because your innate nature is not of a mental process. It's not of a physical body. It's not of a thing. Yeah? And allowing that to come into the life of a body and a thing and, and physical situations is the, is the true self we're looking for out here. It, the true self to the, to the complaints and maladies of out here doesn't come from out here. It has to come from another source. And that source lies within us. Don't pin it on another because they'll ultimately fail you because you've got to be left with you because that's where it lies. Right underneath, right behind, right all around where you think you are. That's where it is. Yeah. Always available at all times. And it's totally willing and able. It doesn't have any concerns or something. If the mind entertains it, it will download. It's just that simple. It's not like, oh, you're a chosen one. There's no chosen ones. If the mind shifts out of self-centeredness, other information is going to download. That's going to do what? It's going to allow you to travel through self-centeredness a little lighter. Yeah. It's not happening fast enough. Yeah, probably because probably your system wouldn't bear it if it happened fast enough. Maybe you should just trust. You know, just lay on the operating table and don't get up, yeah? Just see how the operation goes. Not in the, the daily thing, but see how it goes overall. Like, I remember Dalai Lama once talked about, if you're going to, if you're going to, like, uh, judge or assess your spiritual growth, you've got to do it in years, not in days, you know? You've got to see how you're doing, how you're traveling. Like, right? for me, I realized when I came into AA, the simple situation I'd run into where I had no money or it didn't look good like I was going to have money and I had now I had a place I rented and stuff like that and it wouldn't dawn on me until it was getting pretty bad you know then I'd be like jeez I'm not I don't have any money how's this going to work out and I couldn't envision it working out from my limited self-centered point of view very small tunnel vision how am I going to get this money if I can't work you know or whatever and then it would work out yeah and then next it would happen a couple of times or other something else and I put all of my great thinking onto it alright how, how do you envision this working out not well you know what I mean <laughs> and every time it would work out then I realized the progress wasn't it that it was going to work out is how I traveled while I was waiting for it to work out yeah while it was still in suspension how did I travel well I grew in faith 
Yeah? Because AA gave me a simple idea to let my mind rest on, which is relying on a power greater than yourself. Yeah? Even though this thought system may have still been the dominant thing, there was an idea that dropped in there like a tether from a different modality and said, but maybe there's a power greater than you. And you know what? That power greater than me in this little scheme of things had a nice, not much nicer opinion of me. Had a much nicer opinion of what Paul can handle. That, yeah, Paul could use a break. You know what I mean? And, and all this stuff would start happening and I honored it. Instead of just dismissing it and getting back into my, oh, nothing's going to work out. I said, hey, nothing was going to work out, work out. And I traveled well. I remember when they told me, they thought, you know, I got sober and I, responsibility came back. And I had to get AIDS test, yeah, because I shot up a lot of, with needles a lot. So I went to the AIDS thing. And back there, and I looked like a pretty prime candidate to have AIDS, you know, or whatever, because I used a lot of needles. So... Back then, it took three weeks for them to get the information back to you. So you'd be in a limbo. Yeah? Now, that's probably the reason why I never wanted to take the test, because I don't want that discomfort. Yeah? But this is a responsibility. AA brought about an identification of something bigger than me, and I had to start showing up. So I did it. I traveled fucking great there. Not because of me, but I had this little idea that was like a giant gold mine, that I could surrender it to this care of this other power. Yeah? I never had that before. The power was always me. So when I didn't know what to do, I did something. Now, when I don't know what to do, I surrender. Yeah? And then things happen. Yeah? Or, can you imagine? Take it farther. Find out what that power is. Yeah? It may be closer than you think. Yeah? And then maybe, just maybe, you can entertain the idea, like Ramana says, the true surrender is to surrender the idea of, of a self. Yeah? Surrender that idea. Let that go. And then maybe your whole game plan, the whole way things can go, will alter greatly. You won't be having this little rigid game plan running the show anymore. Because your mind won't rely on it anymore. It will open up to other possibilities. Grace. Miracles. Yeah. An ability to fit yourself around the circumstances. Yes? All these things. Not any coming from you, so you don't have to worry about identifying with it because you're clear they're not from you because they've never shown up in your life. And you seem to have been here for quite a while. <laughs> and suddenly now, new ways of responding and reacting are occurring. Yeah? And you haven't always had that bug, oh, it's me, I've gotten so much better. Because you're not getting, you're not doing much to get better. Yeah. What does AA ask of you? Very little. You go to a meeting or two. You help someone, you write a little sit down. It's not like, it's not like, you know, a two and a half year retreat where they put you in a box so you can't lay down. I mean, that's fucking extreme. We're pretty easy, you know? Oh, uh, get a commitment. Oh, shit. So, what the fuck is I don't know if I can take that greeting commitment, you know, it's real <laughs> extreme. It's not like going on a three-month meditation retreat for 14 hours. It's pretty easy. And yet, there's so much grace available, it showers down on anyone who's willing to go for it. Yeah. Well, why not? You don't think that, grass is, that grace is only raining in AA? It's raining wherever you are. Yeah. Open up to possibilities. Why not? You know, really, expand on it. 
Like if you see, so if you see, let's say a, uh, an example. All right, my thought system is rooted in time. This, this is a hypothesis. Check it out. Look at the thoughts and see what the thoughts are based on. They're based on that you're a body, yes, and that time is real. Okay. Those two beliefs root you in to a system of life that's very, very, very freaking limited. Yeah? You're now a body, and you're a body of time. Yeah? You know what? You were born, and you're going to die. And then basically, all the life is about avoiding that fact that I'm going to die. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Having a lot of fun and doing this and doing that. Yeah? But it's inevitable because I have no power to change it. So those two premises. All right. Look at the thoughts. If one thought smacks of time, like of yesterday and tomorrow, tomorrow, then probably all of them are drenched in time. Yeah? Let's just, when you get an example, let the mind expand on it. Because in every example, there's a pattern and a principle. And then you can expand, instead of having to get 80 body blows, one body blow can do it. You can just stay knocked out. You don't have to get up. Let's see if I can take another one. <clears throat> no, you just so that you get knocked out and just don't get up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then see what happens. And maybe you'll see that, oh, Jesus, I've been exerting power all my life, and the real dilemma was I had none. <laughs> you know? Maybe if I surrender and admit that I'm powerless, maybe, just maybe, let's find out. Well, what I found is um, I have an experience of having power now as long as I'm in the admittance of powerlessness. Yeah. I have the power to overcome situations. I have the power to show up. I have the power, power, which I had none of. Yep. I have the power to just to f- follow through on a decision, which I didn't have before. Yeah. All this happens. There's a bias. The mental process, the way it's going to uh, interpret what's going on is going to severely limit seeing what's going on because it has an agenda. Yeah. Don't let yourself be the judge of how you're doing. Don't bring, don't bring in that consulting firm, <laughs> you know, because it's going to run your, your fledgling little business called life into the ground. And it's going to give you its protocol. Blame, 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 this is why, this is why this would happen. Look at a system that has excuses, rationalizations, and blame as its basis. It's a failed system, is it? If I was a furniture store deliverer and I never missed a delivery, would I need any excuses? You know, I always get the furniture there on time, always in pristine condition. Would I have any excuses? Would I have to blame traffic? Would I have to blame this? No. Yeah. Would I have to have rationalization? Oh, I didn't make it because I wanted to make the furniture look better and I was polishing it. No. The the furniture, 3 o'clock was delivered. 3 o'clock. Yeah. This is a failed system that mind is relying on. It's been failed from the get-go, and the only thing that keeps you bonded to it is that it's all about you, seemingly. It's all about a you, but we're taking it to be us. So we're trying to look at that, the act of being identified as. I'm not looking at all the things it does, but just that's the root of it. Yeah? If you're not identified as it, in this moment, you're free from it. If you're identified as it, you're trying to be free as it. Yeah? If you're not identified as it, hearing this, you'll hear it in a different way. When you identify it as this, you're hearing this, you're trying to get this. Yeah? With the hope that it'll give you an advantage somehow. It's that simple. Every day, 
Every day. It's like Jesus said, you can't serve two masters at the same time. Basically, you're resting in one state, and therefore all the, all the colorings and all the shades of what's going on are based from that color palette. Or you're resting in another space, and then you're seeing a much more, a much larger effusion in light. Within light. You know? So that's the way it happens. All day. You can tell. You can diagnose yourself where you're at. Yeah. So this is great because uh, for an hour now I haven't thought of the knee, which is great because the knee's been my center of universe. You know? People call me up and they ask me how I'm doing. You know, let me give you the knee. You know? <laughs> Paul's not going anywhere today. I threw that one twinge out and now he's obsessing over that twinge that it's gone bad. No, no. Let's go. What about the sinuses? <laughs> really bad. You know what I mean? For that hour, free from it all. Yeah. Then, I'll get into the day, there'll be more awareness of the body condition, and the mind will start having its chance to sort of dance, so to speak. And it runs around, does this that, yeah. But if something was shown not to be so for a while, it's not so. It's only appearing to be so. Because while it was there, you were there, and while it wasn't there, you were there. Yeah? You're the constant, not it. You are. Yeah? Not you as Deb or Paul, but you as what we are. You've never missed any freaking moment. The you that you think you are was spaced out in that moment or should have been doing something else. That's all baloney in a sense. You have never left. Therefore, you don't have to arrive. You know? Arrival is like a, is a weird form of mental leaving. Yeah? Your hopes to arrive is actually construed as a mental leaving. You believe what you are is like a distant goal or location or, or a destination when it's not. It's, it's what you are right now. Like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. He didn't put a footnote, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. You know? If you go to church, in these basic statements, there is no requirements. A lot of statements have requirements. It can be like this if this isn't happening. But this statement is, what's looking is what you're looking for. In other words, no matter what seems to be happening, that's always so. Yeah? So you have certain messages in spirituality where they'll say, hey, Kate, this is how mind is, but it won't appear to be that way if your mind's in this condition. Yeah? It's a very good way. Then there's some real succinct statements that says, but what happens is the, the innate condition overrides all of that. What's looking is what you're looking for. Yeah? There's no requirement, no consideration. Like in recovery, they have a, re- a lot of requirements. This will happen if you do that. This will happen if you do this. What's looking is what you're looking for. There's no requirement. Yeah? What's looking is what you're looking for. <laughs> it has the wallet to whack you right back to where you are. Yeah? So, that's it. You know, and we could sit here and meditate and really indulge, but I like to just get up and do whatever's happening. Because I want it to be ordinary. Because if it's not ordinary, the mind will make it special. And if the mind makes it special, it's going to embroider it. It's going to do some fucking ornament sharing and stuff. If you just keep it dog shit level, the ordinariness will really sneak up on you. Yeah? It's, it, can you imagine if you took 
the basic state of awareness as your ordinary state, what a relief that would be. Not making any big deal or anything like that. Just the basic fact of what many people have pointed out to us. We are already realized. Yeah? No whoopee-doo. You don't have any big role in it. Yeah, you didn't climb the mountain of ignorance and then jump into the, the sky of knowledge. Yeah? It's just, you're basically inherently awake. Like, no fireworks, no big thing. Look at me, I'm awake. <laughs> the awake wouldn't be, part of awakeness is not looking, there's no looking out of me, and not looking from me anyway. So, all right, well, that's that.